Hello, and thank you for listening to the Science Enthusiast Podcast. My name is Dan, and tonight we are going to do something just a little bit different with the format. Instead of doing our regular format, we're going to have just an interview with Natalie and Buck Mulligan from the podcast Things That I Find Interesting. I wasn't able to be on the record, so I'm sorry, or you're welcome. Why not both? According to his Twitter profile, Buck Mulligan is a professional adventurer in the making and the host of the podcast, Things That I Find Interesting. Because I find Buck interesting, I'm thrilled to have him joining me this afternoon, well, evening for him, and we're going to do kind of a Things That We Find Interesting style episode today um, as we each chose a topic that we found interesting. So Buck, welcome to our show, my show, right now. Um, uh, Thank you for having me on. Is there Uh, anything else that you want to tell our listeners about yourself? Um, I have a podcast, Things That I Find Interesting. Find me on iTunes. It's it's, it's a good show. I like it a lot. Um, um, And that's that's about the height of it. Uh, You can also follow me on Twitter. uh, That search buck mulligan because i can never remember my twitter handle ever i think i think you're you're that buck guy that right that's it Is i can never right? remember if it's that so, buck guy or that gay buck I, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i i know i know your your twitter handle so <laughs> Better than but, like, at least at least one of us here knows how to find you on twitter so <laughs> i never have to find myself i just turn on my right. phone and i'm there right i yeah i i have to find you like when i Oh, because, well, for anyone who's listening, Buck and I did a show of his together. Um, like, well, I guess it just came out a few days ago from when we were recording ago, yeah. this. Yeah. So that was fun. And now now you get to come and do the Science Enthusiast podcast. So what did we chat you. about again on uh, we chatted about? So we chatted about um, really just light topics, you know, fear and risk assessment. Um, does re- does religion deserve respect? And um, the room, the though. room, the Citizen the room. Kane of bad movies. The Citizen Kane of bad movies. So we like we covered some heavy topics, and then we brought it to a lighter conclusion because <laughs> because the room. I mean, you can't help but just laugh at the room. So it, yeah, work of art. And so we're we're here um, to talk about some topics today. I mean, my my topic that I chose was definitely a little bit lighter because we're gonna later talk about our favorite albums of all time. Yeah. Um, but your your topic, I mean, it's it's super light, obviously. Um, nine eleven truthers. Nine nine eleven truthers. I yeah. at one point was a nine eleven truther. Um, so yeah, and that is that. Um, is what fascinated me about you when I, I Google searched you. Okay. When, um, cause we had, we had our, our mutual friend, um, Vance Crow on this show and he was also on your show. And mm, when I knew that, that he was, I, we, we love, we love Vance, yeah. right? No, He's... no, dodgy gay, dodgy gay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, I feel like we have to mention Vance Crow. Any well, any time that we do anything together, but I feel like I just need to mention him all the time. Cause... You just need to just warn people of him. Just, yeah, just that guy. Warn, just be careful. Just just be careful. He's just walking around there, stalking, checking around corners. Just just be careful. He's out there, people. He's real. He isn't a myth. Vance Crow. Vance Crow is real. <laughs> so so when I knew that he was on your show, I googled you, and what came up was um, your blog post on League of Nerds. Uh-huh. That was like I'm Buck Mulligan, and I was a 9/11 truther. So I saw that and knew that I wanted to talk to you about this at some point for this show. So can you can you just can you tell that story about you as a 9/11 truther? I, I suppose um, at one point in my life I was fairly open to these sorts of ideas and not as it didn't. Uh, think as critically as maybe I do now. Um, so I was into every conspiracy going, um, alien abductions. Um, oh, I n- never doubted the moon landing for whatever reason, but uh, never doubted vaccinations. Th- those sorts of things, I was okay. I, I understood the science of those. But um, any idea that the, that, the, that the government was lying to, you, lying to mm-hmm. us, I was like, yeah, that's probably right enough. And I... I 
remember very clearly as as most people do where they were when that happened and i'd come home from school and i was uh sitting uh watching television and it was on sky and i remember thinking to myself that looks like a controlled explosion i remember the way the buildings fall down and, and because i watch a lot of documentaries and lots of different mm-hmm. things the guys who I'd watched something on controlled explosions and the guys had said, this is really difficult to do. You know, this can go any direction. This could fall over. This could, you know. And so in my head, I thought, well, this is weird the way that just fell down like that. Isn't this something that's difficult? But so you you thought that when you first saw it, that's first, your your memory of seeing it and thinking like, oh, this this can't be what they're that, no, that, that, no, not not even that it can't be. I just thought that's weird that it would fall okay. like that. Yeah. It, it never occurred to me that this, you know, I could see the airplanes going in, mm-hmm. you know, this, you know, I didn't know what was going on, but um, it just, that, that, that thought just happened initially. It's just, oh, this looks like a controlled explosion. And and then it wouldn't be till months later that I would stumble upon loose change. And, and they were saying not only did that look like a controlled explosion, it was a controlled explosion. And so... It, it sort of just caught me there, and it's like, oh right. And so can you can you talk about? Was, oh, sorry, but what um what loose change is? You stumbled upon loose change, and so l- loose change. And if you're listen, if you listen to a science and skepticism podcast, you know what loose change is. Um, it is um a YouTube in quotes documentary uh, uh, explaining. How September 11th was in fact a, an inside job or orchestrated by um, the Bush administration uh, as pretense to invade Iraq, um, and it gives off you know what seemed at the time to me to be reasonable evidence where they would show uh, a picture of a I think it was FEMA. FEMA had a, a note had a one of their books had a picture of the twin towers with a plane flying yes, towards them yes. and i'm like how wait what what yeah what this is evidence um all, all these bits and pieces oh, why were there no cameras pointing at the building you know why is there only this one you know uh, why did these uh sorry the pentagon why was there only one camera pointing there why did these um lampposts they appeared that they've just popped out of the ground they've just been set in the ground a plane didn't hit them they've been just sat there to make it look as if a plane came past them um these sorts of things where if you don't know anything about these particular topics and, and why the hell would i know anything about these topics it seems extremely convincing and i believe this for uh, i don't I, I wouldn't i don't know maybe six months and i started to question it and started to think about it. And I started because, you know, because I, I would get into arguments with, with people about it and they would, I, th- I think this is Dun- we're Dunning-Kruger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think we all suffer from Dunning-Kruger. I've just been aware of it. Um, where I had somehow convinced myself that not only was I an expert in world politics, history <laughs> uh, and engineering by, <laughs> by watching YouTube videos, Right, you know, right. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you, you couldn't. You, there was nothing. I, I knew everything. I was inside here, and the sheep were somehow ignoring this. How could they not see what I could so clearly see? And once argued with um, an engineer briefly about it, having them to shut my mouth, realizing what am I talking about? He seems to know things that I don't know, <laughs> but it didn't change my mind. But I, I found myself one day just looking and reading, uh, selecting which websites I was going to read. To, um, and all the websites I was picking were websites that were backing up. Because I, for some reason, I wanted to believe this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I was actively choosing websites that supported what I already believed. And I clicked into Popular Mechanics and caught myself clicking back out of it again. So I oh, that's interesting. I went into the popular mechanic. And I went, why did I do that? If I'm right, I don't need to do that. Yeah. Oh, that no, like and it was. What, it was. Yeah, go ahead there. 
No, well, when I was, I watched part of um, Loose Change. And as I was, as I was watching it, I just wrote down the words confirmation bias. Mm -hmm. Because it's just when you, when you watch this and you find like, there's all these bits of evidence that obviously you're just going to find every little detail that aligns with whatever theory, right, that you're working with. And then that has to kind of fuck you up, though, to read something that is contradictory. Mm-hmm. And so you literally click out of the the link, right, to just mm-hmm. get away from it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I clicked and I, I I clicked into the link. I clicked into yeah. the link, and then seeing what it was, immediately clicked out. And then I was in this this, this position of like, why did I do that? Mm-hmm. Why did I why did I make this decision not to read this bit of information? What 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 is actually going on here? Um, it would have been shortly after that that I actually watched the, if you can call it, a debate between the, the, the guys from Popular Mechanics and the guys from Loose Change. And it, it, it sort of sh- shattered it for me because the, in quotes, debate was so utterly ridiculous. It was, yeah, and I suggest people, he goes, um, <laughs> there's one point where... Uh, one of the guys goes, "I'm not calling you. A, I'm not. I'm not calling anyone a liar. I'm calling you a liar." You know, where, where they have no, uh, and and their their constant moving of the goalposts. So the popular mechanics guys would ask them to address a particular point, and they would change it. They would start talking about something completely different. And I was watching this going. I trusted these people. I thought these guys knew what they were talking about. I thought they were informed. And I was faced with the fact that no, these people are about as informed as I am. And it's, which was shut because I don't understand it and I don't understand why I had built so much of myself on it and why it mattered so much that this was true. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, like, people didn't know me as the, as the Buck Mulligan, the 9 11 truther. You know, there was nothing, nobody outside. Nobody outside my family would have known that was my opinion on it. And I don't know why I had such a desire to protect that you know, that delusion. But, um, so it was a long time just sort of like reading lots more, realizing just how incredibly ignorant I am on all these topics that you need to be informed on. And 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 just going okay, this is a better information. And I think it, it, just really getting into skepticism. And I think um, I can't remember. I think I started sort of watching more. Um, I think the likes of Thunderfoot and Concordance and 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 people like us here, science and skepticism, and got into these. You know, got into that yeah. mindset, and then sort of the rest of the delusion sort of just fell away from there. See, and, and I mean, it's really cool that you were able to sort of see the people that were your experts, essentially, on yes. this topic getting destroyed yes. and learning that your experts weren't credible. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a lot of people who who don't go the same way that you do uh-huh. or that you went. And so, I mean, what – like you obviously were able to change your mind. Uh-huh. What what do you think separates you, or if anything, from the other like truthers who are still to this day, you know, fifteen years later, like nine eleven was an inside job and jet fuel can't, you know, and steel beams and all of that. Like, I I don't know. This this is my yeah. genuinely. I do not know. I, I, maybe yeah. I am just more curious. I, I wanted to understand it. Mm-hmm. I, I genuinely want understanding it matters. Understanding a topic to me matters much, much more than being right about it. So if someone goes, "You're wrong," I'm going, "Okay, fair enough. Explain to me why I'm wrong." That's that's the way I am with every topic. Now, just explain to me why I'm wrong, because maybe I am. I'm not that smart, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it is it, the um, the reality is I'm probably wrong. But, you know, there's, there's, sorry, the reality is just there's a hell of a lot more out there that I'm unaware of than I'm aware of. So. Yeah. And, and it's, it seems like for, I mean, just watching, um, some of the, 
I was just watching some of the videos that that Miles did about 9-11 truthers, and mm. they some of them seem to really, really cling to it, though, as as part of their identity. Yeah, I, I again, in my case, I wasn't, also, that's where I met, was, uh, I'm also on another podcast called The League of Nerds, it's, uh, but with James Gurney and Miles Power, um, I first stumbled on Miles, no, sorry, that's not even through, I've seen Miles through Concordance. But um, I the earliest Miles Powers videos that I watched were um, his nine eleven truthers. So he he basically found himself in New York on uh, on uh, you know five years after September eleventh. Went down to Ground Zero and started just chatting to people um, about why they were there. And these people were all truthers and they were out protesting. And so basically what he does is he asks them, what's their opinion? Why do you believe this? And he, he takes these ideas and fairly nicely and very respectfully takes them apart systematically. But he, he didn't do it there in the street because he didn't know. He didn't understand that much about it. He was just asking questions. Then when he got home, when he was fit to sit down, research, order the books that he needed and, and, uh, you know, read the data that he needed to read, he was fit to then, all right, well, here's a better explanation. You know, it's, and, you know, it's, it's, I think there's a lot of, I think it has a lot of comments in that video series of people who were truthers until they watched that. Yeah. Yeah. Because when, when the evidence is presented, it, it makes sense. I mean, and his video series is a great example of, you know, people say, oh, well, and there's one woman in one of the videos who just said, well, I'm here to keep the question alive. And it was about the collapse <laughs> of Building 7. And yes. and it's like, okay, but there actually isn't a question because mm-hmm. there's an answer. The answer yeah. is fire spread and, you know, built the building collapsed. But they're so sure that there still are questions. Uh-huh. But, but there are answers. They just, mm-hmm. they're not conspiratorial answers. Um, it's a large portion of it, what annoys me so much about it is there are genuine questions to be asked and there there are people who should have been held accountable who were not held accountable there were um, systematic so, so the NSA slept up, the CIA slept up had had, mis- had people been had Everybody been doing their job properly. This mightn't have happened, but instead of people being reprimanded, just more money was poured onto it, more power was given out. And but these people aren't protesting that; they're protesting oh, nanothermite, nanothermite. These people aren't asking uh, what was Saudi Arabia's involvement and why did the government cover that up for so long? Why did they have these twenty-five pages of the report blanked out for so long? Yeah. They are sitting down there crying about imaginary problems. And, and and I think this is the thing that annoys me most about conspiracy theories, that the, the, the people who are destroying crops of uh, GMO, um, of GMOs, uh, you know, that are, you know this, this crop has been grown so we can do studies on it so we can see if this is better than, you know, some other alternative or if it's mm-hmm. safer than some other alternative. And these are are the same people who will cry, there isn't enough research being done. Yeah, because you just destroyed a massive portion of it. And they're wasting their time, they're wasting their energy. They could be out protesting actual major environmental problems, not imaginary ones. So all the time you spend protesting an imaginary problem, it's time that you've wasted that could have potentially been used constructively to actually help yeah i mean that like that it's a fantastic point that it this isn't just about 9-11 truthers in this particular conspiracy it's people who get wrapped up in all these various conspiracies Mm -hmm. and it is it's energy it's time and there are there are actual problems in the world Mm -hmm. that that need solving and the truth behind 9-11 is not one of them right now. Um, it's um, I don't know. It's 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 a muckier and more much more complicated story than I think. There's a very simple narrative we have, but the the reality of it is, you know, much more complicated than yeah. we're we're generally 
explained, but I think it's probably the same with most major world events. Um, yeah. But I, 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 you know, go ahead. Yeah, I guess, I guess though, just the um, the narrative crafted by the the conspiracy th- or the truthers in this case uh-huh. just is the one that it it doesn't work and it doesn't hold water and it, yeah. It's it's I think the, the, uh, the stopper that I normally get now is uh, I ask people, okay, if they're going to crash planes into the building, why also blow them up? Why do you need to do both of those things? I, that seems like, you know, that seems like total overkill. You don't need to do one or the other. You know, that was, was 93 that the building was attacked, the September, that the Twin Towers were attacked the first time. With the, I believe some somewhere around there, yeah. Yeah, so yes. it's like so so blowing the building up was something that uh, Islamic fundamentalists had tried in the past, you know. So it, it it they didn't need to blow it up with airplanes if they didn't want to, you know, if they didn't need to. Um, but and the, uh, I don't know, and so that's I notice a lot of people because they'd never thought of that before. They'd never thought of it from that angle, and it's like, oh well, uh, uh. uh and obviously, everybody has their own specific wee answer, or their only thing they'll go to, or just make up, or or whatever, just to try to to protect the belief. Yeah, and and do you do you find that in those like in those instances that you think that people are really like rethinking their view on it? Yeah, um, I think a lot of the time because I love those conversations. I love yeah. talking to people about it, and, and I think I'm relatively good at it because I just what I. I just do is I, I don't tell. I, I tend to just keep asking questions. And I, I will at some point or another talk about Dunning-Kruger and talk about that experiment and say, okay, well, how much do you really know about engineering? Or how much do you really know about international politics? And, and uh, Bin Laden is someone who I'm... <laughs> I could talk away about Bin Laden and um, I'll start asking it with this here and asking. I, I once had a person tell me just flat out that Bin Laden didn't exist. And I'm like, okay, well, what, what about the Bin Laden Construction Company? Does that exist? Is that a, a real, you know, because the Bin Ladens is it's a extremely wealthy family. I think that's the, the largest construction uh, firm in the Middle East is um, his family's, that's where the, the money came from. Mm-hmm. And you start asking questions like this and then you know after two questions they're like i can't go any further i actually know nothing about this and i think it's making people realize themselves that they don't really know anything yeah about the topic yeah and so and and challenging those sort of deeply held beliefs by just asking questions yeah rather than kind of you know doing a full-on assault of the person yeah but it doesn't help it it doesn't help because um the like whether it's a conspiracy theory or religion or whatever, when you are when you go too hard at the person, they're feeling like you're really attacking their identity. But I think with questions, I mean, it's a conversation, and and it's not it's not attack mode on anybody's part. Mm-hmm. Oh, I I have seen people get fairly agitated. I suppose with certain conspiracy theories. Um, uh, anti-vaxxers, I tend to get more annoyed about oh, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, well, because that's—I mean—that's just an issue of public health and well-being and all of yeah. that stuff. And that—that that is just fucking crazy. Anti-vaxxers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can't with with that particular it, group. With um, the nine eleven truthers, they're being ridiculous and they're wasting their own time and energy. But with um, the anti-vaxxers, oh, they, they could potentially cause harm, and are no, not potentially causing. They are causing harm. Um, right. So it's it's so there. There's you know that, that's that's a you know a major difference there. Yeah. But, um, no, it, but it's it's I don't know, it, it, and and especially the, the more in depth that you get into the politics of this, and you and you examine the, the people who are involved in this and and, and it, there are genuinely things to be annoyed about things to be things that need to be questioned and, and people who need to be held accountable who need to be held accountable and that's not happening that conversation isn't happening anywhere yeah. at all but you will still have people standing on the streets yelling about nothing 
Yeah, I think the questions are much more complicated. Also, I think there's 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 a portion of it that this is a James Bond. You know, this is this is a movie. In fact, there was a what was the um, the X Files spinoff? Um, oh, Three Horsemen, where they had they had an episode where uh, an arms manufacturer uh, (laughs) got a plane. Yeah, uh, uh, and they the remote control they they had we're going to get a plane to crash into a building, blame it on terrorists to start a war, uh, so they could sell more arms, mm-hmm. and so you know it's it's a good bit of fiction. It's such a good bit of fiction that someone wrote it years before, and it's appealing that way, and it's a really good simple story, and I think that's what appeals a lot of people to it. It's such yeah. a good story. In fact, the, that's that's the the. The loose change, <laughs> their the big reveal and loose change. That when they started, uh, when they wrote that originally, they were writing that as a screenplay, as a bit of fiction, and I, I don't and, know whether a they they sort of buy into themselves or b just sort of realize oh, this is potentially a more profitable documentary than a screenplay. Yeah, I mean that that bit of backstory. Um, when I like went to Wikipedia after starting to watch that movie, um, that that was something that mm-hmm. it they did not go down the path to originally make a documentary. So they say that it mm-hmm. was, you know, they were researching for a fictional film, and and this happened. Um, but yeah, there there's an appeal to to just a compelling narrative in general. People like a story, yeah, and something to. To hold on to and and you know just that that's something that you know that the rest of the world doesn't know about but they have mm-hmm. the you know the insight into is appealing I think uh, and and again and just the simpleness of it mm-hmm. yeah it's 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 I don't know it's 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 a good and it's a nice good and evil story as well you know it's which is pleasant rather yeah. than all the ugly nuance and. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess we'll we'll kind of wrap up this part of our of our show now. But is there anything? Is there any final like nine eleven truth or something that you want to say? I mean, can we say it wasn't an inside job? Like, yeah, it it's it wasn't a um, uh, a group of Middle Eastern men uh, who were took funding from lots of different people. Um, this is one thing interesting that um, Bin Laden's role isn't exactly known. Yeah, that was uh, this. This was one of the things that sort of really, really blew me away. That's uh, especially in the early days or whatever. That I think uh, maybe a large part of the reason why he was shot instead of being arrested was th- there. There isn't enough evidence to tie Bin Laden to it in any sort of like in, in, a, in a court of law. To keep to keep him there, so it's. But he was a useful boogeyman. He was the the bad guy at the end of the level, and yeah. so there were. But he 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 was connected. You know, he much like a lots of other people, were connected to these people and may have funded it. Um, he did take responsibility to it four years after, he uh, had spent denying that he had, uh, been involved. But it's it's you know, there, there is an extremely interesting and complicated story there that, that most people just aren't aware of or just aren't interested in yeah well and if you have any like interesting links or anything for for me we'll um we'll add those into our show notes if people want to do a little further uh, I'd, I'd i'd strongly recommend i think just if you're just like, like a sort of an introductory book on bin laden uh um, growing up in Laden, which is a book by his son, as well as not his, his third son to his first wife, Omar bin Laden, and it's just um, watching bin Laden. Is you know like one of these uh, these uh, these um, uh, what do you call them again? You have in America where they're we're getting ready for the end of the world. Oh, um, well, are preppers. They, are they preppers? Yeah, you, I was you, like survivalists, but no preppers. Yes. Uh, these preppers that you have in America, I'm going getting my guns and I'm waiting for the government to come for me. Bin Laden was essentially a prepper. Okay. He was waiting for the end of the world and he was trying to bring it on and he was training his children to get used to a world without medicine and uh, survive out in the desert and stuff like that there. He was, uh, 
he was an extremely just weird, weird man. And it's, you know, it's an individual who I could talk about, but um, it's, you know, it, there is there is a bigger, more interesting story there than that doesn't involve nanothermite and just suggest people just look into it. Well, cool. Thank you for, for all of like, because I, a lot of this, I have, I hadn't really thought about much before mm-hmm. because, you know, when, when you're not really in that mindset, like I, I've never looked for a 9-11 conspiracy, you know, mm-hmm. like I know that, that it exists, that there is the, the truth or movement, whatever, but it's been, it's been kind of interesting as I've prepared for this show to, mm-hmm. To go down a little bit of a rabbit hole and see what people actually believe. Some people believe that, um, oh, well, the CIA just, you know, got those guys and trained those guys up to hijack the plane and cr- crash into the buildings. Okay, so that's, that's you know, uh, that's plausible, I suppose, maybe. Um, and some people believe the planes were remote controlled. Um, other people believe that there were no planes, that those were holograms. And that the buildings were actually taken down by a space laser. Oh my god. Yeah, how yeah, I... fucking weird you want. However weird you want, you can go deep down that rabbit hole and it gets, and just there. keeps getting weirder. Well, that's yeah, that's kind of life and in the internet age, isn't it? You want something <laughs> weird, it's it is there. And for better or worse, like information and misinformation is just it's at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's what you do with it. Totally and completely. Okay, so we just talked about Buck's topic that he finds interesting, which is 9-11 truthers. And now I've chosen a topic that I find interesting that I kind of want to know about any person that I that I find somewhat interesting I always want to know what somebody's favorite album of all time is like so music is something that's like super important to me I don't know how how do you feel like are you a music person or um when I was a teenager I think like everybody is you know mm-hmm. all the songs that I deeply deeply love yeah largely came out of like from that uh, period of like 17 to 23 you know uh, and yeah i think at that age you like everything a hell of a lot more than than you will ever like again you know your your emotions are at peak emotion yes and yeah I, now i mainly listen to audiobooks and podcasts okay so, yeah <laughs> well no i because i was giving that some thought to fairly recently when i um because I, I pretty much just listen to music like on Spotify now. Like I don't have um, I don't have a CD collection anymore, and I don't really have songs like downloaded on my computer. But uh-huh. I anytime I want to listen to something, the stuff that I think of or the stuff that I put on different playlists or whatever, it is it's from like you're right, like seventeen to twenty three. Those yeah. those those are the years I think like the formative music years. Um, you're uh-huh. right when things totally mean a lot more to you or uh-huh. or that the music connects with the experience and and all of that um and see and i i listen i do listen to to a decent amount of podcasts now but i'm still like i'm still a music person like yeah. i still make spotify playlists about or you know that kind of connect to, to different experiences i have this ongoing one that's my like song of the day playlist that i started uh-huh. Gosh, I think it was like towards the beginning of the summer that's just ongoing. And so now it's just hours of music and I just add a different song to it every day. And so it kind of it's funny how you just can kind of track your your feelings about things, I think, too, if you if I really wanted to look at that. Um, but so I so I chose my my favorite album, which kind of goes with what we're saying, like the 17 to 23 uh-huh. years, because my favorite album came from the year 2000, but I think I first heard it in 2001 when I was a freshman in college. <laughs> so that's like that's like peak time, right? <laughs> I, I guess 18 years old. Yeah. And it's um it's called Left and Leaving, and it's by this band, The Weaker Thans. They're a Canadian like 
I mean, I guess they're just kind of indie rock. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if they're super descript in terms of what their style is, but for me, it was that, you know, like you just hear, you hear those lyrics and they mean something to you, you know? Yes. It was, it was a, it was a college um, boyfriend who introduced me to this, this album, this band. I mean, because that, that's what happens too, isn't it? Like you connect music and people. Uh Oh God, certainly, yes. Yeah. So, so this, you know, like obviously like this college boyfriend is no longer in my life, but this is a, it's a cool like memento of that time because, hey, it's like you gave me an album that just continued to like mean a lot to me. Like I'm, I think I'm like more of a lyrics person than, than just like music person. Uh Like the the words have to mean something. I could sit and just read Bob Dylan lyrics. I yeah, I, I, like, I I don't yes. I don't I don't listen to Bob Dylan because it's a terrible noise. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. Right. I agree with you. Yeah, I can't. But, uh, <laughs> like I got the modern I got the modern times album. And I was like, I was like three songs, and I'm I don't, don't know why I'm doing this to myself. But I um I sat and just read it, and and I think it's the vast majority. I'm just just conversation about music, but the vast majority of artists. They have their couple of albums, and then the relevant sort of ends. You know, music mm-hmm. is 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 very much attached to a certain time for certain people and, and stuff like that. There, whereas Dylan's still producing. Um, I think in Bowie as well. Like they were still producing interesting things, but it was again. Oh, yeah. I I I I'd, I'd, I'd rate, um, uh, Dylan more as a poet than a than a musician. Again, you know, all yeah. the poets, those three chords, you know. <laughs> well, and but really, like his his lyrics, you can you can read like they are poetry. Yeah. You want, yeah, you want to spend time with those words. Maybe not necessarily listen to him sing them. No, uh, you but, can, I think it's the same. Again, it's, Dylan, uh, he's really you know a lot a lot of people have taken his music and covered it and done you know so much better a much better job. Than yeah. he has who don't uh, like into the watchtowers. Like I think that's the the one that comes to my head first. You know, an absolute incredible tune. When he done it, was you know slightly forgettable. Yeah. <laughs> um, but ah uh, uh, yeah, so it's it's. I think it's 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 with that music. I suppose that you know again like so. Were there any particular songs of that album that you really liked? Or so yeah. So there there is one. Um, I think it was the well. Actually, I think the first the album starts with um, the words. It's like garage sale Saturday. I need to pay my heart's outstanding bills. And I don't. And for it sounds probably cheesy when you say it, but it's like you know when you hear when you hear and like just how an album starts. And you're like, okay, I think this is going to be something that I that I'm going to like. Yeah. Like it's just the his voice and there's something about the word choices that he uses. Like I just I like words in general. Yeah. So when when you're when they're not just using simple word like you know to hear the word like circumnavigate in a song like I like that that appeals to me and I and like that probably sounds like sort of silly but but I I like sort of these verbose lyrics and just lots of words and I and I guess it is it's sort of that poetry thing like I could read the lyrics to this album yeah and and like just connect some meaning to it. And the one thing, you know, when I was thinking about like what is what's a fate like favorite all time album, like what does that mean? It's kind of mm. the one that, you know, I listened to it when I was 18. I put it on um a couple weeks ago, just like I was just in my house by myself. Like I just wanted something to yeah. you know, you, you just want to kind of feel something at that moment. I have it on um on vinyl too. So I put on the record. And, and you, I still feel connected to it. So all these years later to, to, it's like an old friend, you know, like you might not like have seen them in a long time, but then you see yeah. them and you feel like you haven't left, you know, and it, it just, it makes sense. So that's, there's just a connection to it. I think that it tr- it's traveled with me through all different periods of my life and and I think that that's kind of that's the special quality. Like I wouldn't say that it is the best album 
ever made. <laughs> you know, like because that because favorite album and best album, like we, you know, I that's a whole other discussion. Yes. Like what what is what's real? What's just objectively good music? Which that's still, I mean, I, I don't think there is music. Music is like my sacred cow. Like yeah. I, that's my thing. Where it's and I think it is for probably everybody, right? Like it's it's it's. There's, there's a point I had to sort of admit that the reality is the the worst Justin Bieber album is on an objective level just as good as the best Beatles album it's just you know it, it's an opinion yeah that's, and that's the reality I don't think we like to admit that but no but you have you have to the yeah. first step is admitting <laughs> it's it, it's it's such an objective thing but um I don't know there there are albums which just sort of like that's you know that that I don't know maybe just there's certain album maybe like uh, um, straight up Doctor no I call him Doctor Pepper what was it called again albums like Sergeant Pepper Sergeant Pepper Sergeant Pepper Doctor Pepper what doctors this albums sort of like with uh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Heart Club Band that you know extremely timeless and yeah. uh, there's there's songs of that there if they were released now it's like all right, yeah, that's that's as a new song. I mean, actually, it's that's uh, that song fits anywhere, and I could imagine most people, if they just give it the chance, could sit and listen to that album because it's a wonderful album. Um, yeah. But again, but again, there's no from from my favorite album. Um, it's not a you know a Beatles. It's not a Bob Dylan. Not a any of these people who you, you, you might expect or, or you know again uh, it's it's a snow patrol album um yeah so so tell tell everybody why which snow patrol album and okay, well there's there's yeah. it's, it's, it's okay there's, there's two potential snow patrol albums which i could have uh, could have went with which was the first which was um snow patrol had i've been a massive snow patrol fan when i was 16 so they had two albums which came out which were Critical successes, but nobody bought them. I bought them and loved them. Uh, but then Final Straw came out, and it was the the big, uh, you know, pop success. And this was the one that had all the the radio play, and it just got them to where they are. And that's the song that I sort of like attached to my sixteen, seventeen, eight year old self, you know, and running yeah. games and stuff like that's here, and and all the emotions and and everything that was going on there. Um, but then. Uh, the ne- the next one, which is the one it probably is, because I think it's a better album, um, is Falling Empires, um, which came out uh, the same week that uh, my five year relationship sort of came to an end, and there were a couple of songs on it which just sort of like spoke to me. So it's sort of you know it, it's this thing where you're in like a a period of heightened emotion and uh there are two songs off it specifically one of them which i had on repeat almost constantly so there's one which was new york and it was uh if you were here beside me instead of in new york in the arms you said you'd never leave i tell you that i love you and there only ever was you and you know it's it's this here and it's like oh jesus what this is killing me <laughs> you, you still want to listen to it you're dying inside listening to no, this it, well and so you had you had given me these two songs yeah. it's like your standout tracks yeah. so um i had never listened to this album before and uh-huh. i mean i've actually given more thought to your favorite album than my favorite album <laughs> over the past couple of days but um i i put on um this isn't everything you are yeah. And I was um I was chatting on on Facebook with a friend of mine, and I think my literal like sentence to him was just "fuck you, Buck Mulligan, for making me feel feelings." <laughs> um, so I like because I have I have a friend who's like my music kindred spirit. Yeah. Okay, so so he totally gets the I think the feeling feelings thing about music, yes. and really like I put on that fucking song, and I was just like. Seriously, I think the hashtag for the, this episode of our podcast is just going to be "fuck you, Buck Mulligan," because, like, <laughs> dude, that was—that's <laughs> the name, which is uh, coincidentally the name of my new podcast. Fuck you, Buck Mulligan. <laughs> so, but like, but I, but I knew though when I 
listened to your two songs that you chose and like yeah i did did he break up with somebody around yeah, the time uh, like or like it does this have to do with a breakup and did this album come with a box of tissues because <laughs> jesus christ so yeah um, you, is, I, is this everything you are hustleric um is he worth all this is it a simple yes because if you have to think it's fucked uh, feels like you loved him more than he loved you, and you know what that. Met. Oh man, it's I, and then it's just, and then it's just this wee build up. Don't kneel over. Don't. Well, the words don't keel over. Don't keel. Don't over. keel over. Which oh. again, which is a term which I, I don't know whether, and it, it's an old boating term, but in Northern Ireland we just oh, Jesus that 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 woman over there she's keeled over there. You know, you, you know, it's, if someone yeah. was drunk, they've fallen over, they've keeled over. Um. And then it, it it's you know then then there's just that one that spoke to me. It was um, you've been up all night and the night before you've lost count of drinks and time, and your friends keep calling worried, sick, and there's strangers everywhere. Don't keel over. And then it gets to oh. the chorus, <laughs> and then it gets to the <laughs> chorus, and oh my god, I remember just like singing along to this in the car, and I just I, I like a very very clear very vivid memories of just hearing this for the first time just sitting there and the uh, genuine tears in my eyes and it was yeah. and and in one little moment it all implodes but this isn't everything you are breathe deeply into silence no sudden moves this isn't everything you are just take a hand that's offered and hold on tight this isn't everywhere you are there's joy not far from here i know there is this isn't everything you are yeah, see, because it it like re- it fe- you feel more like redeemed at yes, the end, right? Totally. Because it's it's building you back up. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's 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 building yeah. you back up. It's like, and uh, it's ah fuck those lines. Those lines was to take the hand that's offered and hold on tight. And there's joy not far from here. I I there's joy not far from here. I know there is, and it's it's, it's Gary Lightbody who uh, I've only briefly met outside the back of the Ulster Hall uh, <laughs> one night where he signed a jacket for me, uh, and you know he's he's telling me that he knows that everything's going to be all right, and it's like <laughs> it means something for some fucking reason. Like this is yeah. is this CDs telling me it's going to be all right, it's going to be all right, and <laughs> and even though you're dying inside, it's like those words presented to you in that way just just help and it's yeah. it, it, it's it, and, and again there, there are other songs on that album and it's 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 a solid it's a solid album which i i will, will still occasionally just haven't this i haven't sat down to listen to it in a long time but it is um it is it, it, it's when you said favorite album it is the first one that came to mind <laughs> no i mean like those those songs is we will we'll have um we'll have links to to these songs and stuff and so like people can now go and finish listening to this episode with us and just go cry like go <laughs> like go go in your go in your room go in your car just listen to these songs and fucking cry but you know like when i when i was listening to your choice it like we we've talked before and so like i i feel like i i know you a little bit yeah. But listening to this, it's like I feel more connected to you as a person because mm-hmm. it's like you hear the things that – the music that means something to somebody else. Yeah. And you know that they've been through something that – I mean that everybody's been through. But you feel connected, I think, um, whether it's connecting to the people who made the music or to the other people who appreciate it, like knowing that there are these universal feelings – that everybody has as fucked as they are sometimes. Yes, completely and totally fucked as they are. It's, ah, you know, it's, it's, there, there's another song and I'll not keep going on about it, but it's, it's, a. it was always one of my favorite bits of music that we have, we have, there's a, an Irish singer called, uh, he's died, Luke Kelly, and he would be sometimes called the Irish Pavarotti, but he had a song called, uh, Raglan Road, which is based on, uh, which was a poem by Patrick Yavana, uh, an Irish poet, and I had loved that song. I'd sung it long. I'd never. Yeah, what the song is basically is, um, 
On Raglan Road on an autumn's day, I saw her first and knew that her sweet air would be a snare that I might one day rue. I saw the dangers and I passed along enchanted ways, and I said, let grief be a fallen leaf in the dawning of the day. And it's just about this person falling in love with this woman who he knows is going to break his heart, and mm-hmm. and does. And uh, I'd heard the song, I'd listened to the song piles of times, I'd listened to it, knew all the words, but I'd never heard it. And I was sitting in bed listening to it there, and he, oh, well, I, I know what Patrick Cavan is talking about now. I, I understand this now, yeah, in a way that you know wasn't possible to me, which just I was not possible for me to actually truly appreciate or understand that yeah. until that point in my life. And it's again still, uh, I don't know, ugh, music's but wonderful. It really, it is, is. and and you know I um some some friends and I, I think it was like a couple weeks ago, we were having this, we had this long, like hours long discussion on, over Twitter. Yeah. Over, about <laughs> like the the Smiths and Pulp and like, and then just it devolved in this, into this conversation about 90s music. Uh-huh. Um, these are all people who will be at QED. So I oh, think there will be a lot of um, music discussion because skeptics talking about music is also just kind of funny because there there is no objective answer. Yeah. To, to yeah, yeah, so. but it's, it's 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 that feels like objectively wrong. It feels like you, you yeah. no no you can't say no. Oh, clearly, freaking Morrissey is better than the Jarvis Cocker. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh jeez, oh, I'm just thinking. Oh god, I just didn't listen to Morrissey now. Jesus, so good. Yeah, I seen Morrissey yeah. in a leisure center. I seen him in a, really? in like it's like a it's like a basket, you know, like a like a sort of like a, a indoor soccer basketball yeah. court sort of thing. I seen yeah. him. He performed in one of those. <laughs> it was sort of the oddest concert I was at, but uh, it was great. Well, you'll you'll have to have to join in some music conversations with us. Oh, oh, and so yeah, so Buck and I are both going to QED. Um, in it's like in a month, I think. Yeah, fairly shortly. Pretty book my flights there. Pretty a couple of days ago. Pretty shortly. So like, we'll we'll get to hang out in real life. Yes. As opposed to over the Zencaster, um, the Zencaster, which which just sounds sounds so so fancy. (laughs) So speaking of um, of QED. I guess, Buck, can you can you talk about what QED is a little bit for our audience? It's my first time going, so give me a little background. QED is a skeptics conference held in Manchester, organized by the Merseyside Skeptics, um, which is a you know it's a skeptic society based in Merseyside, which the name should give away. Uh, different rooms, different talks. I think this year is going to be much bigger. Talking about having live podcast recording room and and workshops, and it, it sounds excellent. To be totally honest, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, but Mike Marsh, who was one of the organisers, he, he talked about it as this isn't really about going to see people talk because the, the reality is and uh, i think it was in a thunderfoot video i once seen it and it made perfect sense it goes these conferences are not about talks if you want to see any of these people talk go onto youtube you can sit and watch the talk that they're going to do you know it, it's you can read their book you'll, you'll see that this is about finding like-minded people this is about having this little community yeah because uh, this is a small, small community, and um, we're extremely spread out. And it's about just bringing this together once a while and meeting people similar with you know similar, a similar, yeah. you know. It, well, is it is it interest or is it worldviews? Is it like it just it kind of all these things really? All yeah. of it, it right? It's it's I I don't often get to have conversations in. Well, now I do because I get to do podcasts and get to sit and talk to people over the internet. But it's just going to be nicer to have you know sit and talk to someone about yeah <laughs> whatever uh, nine eleven or 
uh, Scientology or something like that. Uh, it's it's I don't you know we, we we tend not to have those conversations. Those tend not to be the conversations that people want to have with you in your community. You know, in in you know in in your you know actual day to day life, and it's getting to go to this thing and then meet these people and make these friends and and experience that, which is yeah a, a wonderful wonderful idea. Yeah, I mean that's that's why I'm excited to go. I mean I'm like I don't necessarily feel like I'm you know gonna get on a plane and travel all these hours just to go and sit and listen to people you know present uh-huh. talk. It's like I I want to go and actually talk to people. Yes, and like have a drink and have those conversations. Um, because yeah, like it, it's cool. It's cool to see who the people who obviously will give great presentations and, and do mm-hmm. great talks, but it's, a, I think it definitely is more the community mm-hmm. piece because I mean, I think that it's important what, what people are doing, whether it's, you know, podcasting or writing about all these different kinds of topics to promote rational thought and just to meet more, more people who are doing the same thing. Like, will be really cool um yeah so so i'm i'm excited to meet you and your um league of nerds people uh, G- and james and miles uh yeah it's um no it, it should be it should be fun I, I met a couple of people there last year uh look forward to seeing them again uh yeah. and now i have my own podcast so maybe like make more contacts talk to people That's yeah and, and you need to get your um noam chomsky connection right to i need to find my chomsky back. node i you desperately need to if, find, if, you, yeah. if you're friends with noam chomsky and he, he would like to come on to a, a podcast that not that many people listen to yet you know just just throw it out to him i desperately well, I, I think you know what that that should be by the end of um of qed we should just find you your chomsky node and i, I bound to cause, you, have, you have because lawrence Krauss is, is good friends with chomsky so um so Maybe we could we'll we'll work something out. Like the goal is to just get Noam Chomsky on your podcast. That, that so. is that is my uh, life goal, and, and and to have a conversation with uh, Joe Rogan as well someday. That's okay. that's my that's my two main goals. Everything I do is is working towards a, a shooting the shit with uh, Joe Rogan and a conversation with Noam Chomsky. All right, so that's Buck Mulligan life goals. Um, <laughs> if if we can somehow help push you forward in in attaining those goals, you know, because obviously coming on this podcast is just one, one more step in that direction. One more step in the direction of Noam Chomsky. (laughs) Well, thank you for coming on this podcast and, and talking to me again. No, it's been Um, an absolute pleasure. Yeah. So I I know we mentioned it before, but if people want to find you on the internet, where can they find you? Um, that, but that, yeah, I, I, okay. I'll, I'll say it for him. You can find him on Twitter at, (laughs) That Buck guy? That I'm gonna check this myself. I'm gonna check him actually I, on Twitter. I swear, that Buck, I, yeah, you're totally right, yeah. I'm totally right. I'm totally right. You can see some and, wild looking hair. You can see like a big yeah. bush of hair. Yeah, so if you see if you see the hair and, and eyes, right, <laughs> you've you've gone to the right place. I usually right um, get lost in hair that you'd get lost in too. <laughs> and then and things that I find interesting is your podcast, in case you didn't know the name of your podcast. It's important that everyone has a podcast now. Yeah. And and that we all just kind of do each other's podcasts. <laughs> we we all do each point. other, and we all listen to it, and it all works out somewhere. Yeah, end. it all it's just one big circle. If, of... And someday, <laughs> if we're really good, we get to advertise mattresses, and it'd be just amazing. I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait till I have enough listeners that I can justify a mattress podcast, a mattress <laughs> advertisement. Again, like Noam Chomsky and mattress advertisements, life goals. Chomsky, Chomsky. I, I want to cut in here a second. Yes, this stuff on lo- linguistics is is very interesting, but I have to talk about mattresses here for a second. Do you use a mattress yourself? Because I know a great crowd for mattresses. <laughs> and to make it sound super, na- like, just really natural, just in the flow of a conversation with Noam Chomsky. I know, no. Yeah, I've I, worked that in somewhere, just, just convince them that mattress oh no what what's the uh, or uh how can i not think of any other podcast advertisements or well there's uh, like like i feel like stamps.com stamps. is, <laughs> is a big one because so, people people because that's like but that's assuming that people mail things <laughs> so noom chomsky so, about nails like no i've i've watched noom chomsky talk about how annoyed he is about getting emails nowadays <laughs> so, but, uh, so chomsky do you need many stamps because i put the thing for you there. 
stamps.com. No, I'm Chomsky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you'll, you'll get there. Get you will there. have all, you'll have all these ads. You'll have to work in maybe like 10 different ads into a conversation with Noam Chomsky. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> yeah I, that's, and that is, that's the podcast that I one day want to listen to. <laughs> so, so we all just need to keep making podcasts so that you get to that point. Get that point that. Where, where, yeah. where this is, is possible. That's, yeah. you know, we can dream. That's it. I, I'm daring to dream here, building myself yeah. up. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed listening, please consider leaving us a five-star rating on iTunes. And if you have comments, suggestions, hate mail, death threats, you can email us at podcast at com. You can also find our full podcast archive at com slash category slash podcast. And follow the podcast page on Facebook, on Twitter. Follow Natalie on Facebook at Skeptical Parenting or myself, Dan, as a science enthusiast. And if you did enjoy the show, please consider checking out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash podcast to get access to premium content as well as our non-eternal gratitude we understand not everybody can afford to financially contribute to the show and that's totally okay but if you can just like the trifecta of michaels james alice chris yana and sarah have done we would be incredibly grateful and don't forget that the music you heard tonight was written and performed by adam johnson and was also used with his permission you can contact adam at adamjohnsondc at gmail.com